Hey guys, once again welcome back at Creative Thinking. How the billionaire CEO of SpaceX and Tesla is shaping our future vastly wins. Episode 11, Part 1, The Unified Field Theory of Elon Musk. The Wright brothers used to be like a technology gang. In the late 1990s, they would jump on skateboards and zip around the street of Santa Cruz knocking on the doors of businesses and asking if they needed any help managing their computing system. The young man who had all grown up in South Africa with their cousin Elon Musk soon decided there must be an easier way to hawk their technology smiles than going door to door. They wrote some software that allowed them to take control of their clients' systems from afar and to automate many of the standard tasks that companies required, such as installing updates for applications. The software became the basis of a new company called Everdream, and the brothers promoted the technology in some completing ways. Billboards went up around Silicon Valley, in which Landon Rave, above Underwater hockey player. Point to be noted. No, really. Both Lyndon and his wife play underwater hockey and used these skills to secure the green cards, meeting with the criteria for the exceptional abilities the United States desires. They ultimately played for the United Nations team, national teams. Coming back, stood naked with his pads around his ankles while holding a counter in front of his crotch. Up above his photo, the tagline for the raid, don't get caught with your system down. Okay. <laughs> by, 24, by 2004, Lyndon and his brothers, Peter and Russ, wanted a new challenge, something that not only made them money, but a Lyndon put it, something that made us feel good every single day. Near the end of the summer that their Lyndon rented an RV and set out with mugs for the black rock desert and madness of Burning Man. The man used to go to an, uh, on adventures all the time when they were kids and looked forward to the long drive as they catch up and brainstorm about their businesses. Muggs knew the Lyndon and his brothers were angling for something big. While driving, Muggs turned to Lyndon and suggested that he look into the solar energy market. Muggs had studied it a bit and thought there were some opportunities that others had missed. He said it was a good place to get into, Lyndon recalled. After arriving at Burning Man, Muggs a regular at the event and his family went through their standard routines. They set up camp and, pre pre and prepared their art car for a drive. This year, they had cut the roof of a small car, elevated and steering wheel, shifted it to the right so that it was placed near the middle of the vehicle and replaced the seats with a couch. Muggs took a lot of pleasure in driving the funky creations. Elon likes to see the rawness of people there, said Bill Lee, his longtime friend. It's his version of camping. He wants to go and drive the art cars and see installations and the great light shows. He danced a lot 
Mugs put on a display of strength and determination at the event as well. There was a wooden pole, perhaps 30 feet high, with a dancing platform at the top. Dozens of people tried and failed to climb it, and then Mugs gave it to go. His technique was very awkward, and he should not have shadow succeed, said Linda. But he hugged it and just inched up and an inch up until he reached the top. Mug and the ribs left Burning Man and enthused. The ribs decided to become experts on the solar industry and find the opportunity in the market. They spent two years studying the solar technology and the dynamics of the businesses regarding research reports, interviewing people, and attending the conference along the way. It was during the Solar Power International Conference that the role the Reef brothers really hit on what their business model might be. Only about 2,000, point to be noted, 13,000 people showed up in 2013. Coming back, people showed up for the event and they all fit into a couple of hotel conference rooms for presentation and panels. During one open discussion sessions, representatives from the handful of the world's largest solar installers were sitting up on on stage. And the moderator asked what they were doing to make a solar panel more affordable for customers. They all gave the same answer, Linda said. They said, we were waiting for the cause of the panel to drop. None of them were taking ownership of the problem. At the time, it was not easy for consumers to get solar panels on their house. You had to be very pro proactive acquiring the panels and finding someone else to install them. The consumer paid up front and had to make an educated guess as to whether or not his or her house even got enough sunshine to make the order worthwhile. On top of all these, people were reclined to buy panels knowing that the next year's models will be more efficient. The Reeves decided to make buying into the solar propositions much simpler and formed a company called Solar City in 2006. Unlike other companies, they will not manufacture their own solar panels. Instead, they will buy them and then do just about everything else in the home. The Bugle software for analyzing a customer's current energy bill and the positions of their house and the amount of sunlight is typically received to determine if solar makes sense to, for the property. They built up their own teams to install a solar panels and they created a financing system in which the customer uh, did not need to pay anything upfront for the panels. Because the consumer leased the panels over a number of years for years at a fixed normal monthly rate. Consumer got a lower bill overall. They were no longer subject to the constantly rising star rates of typical utilities. And if they sold their house, they could pass the contract to the new owner. At the end of this lease, the homeowner could also upgrade a new, more and efficient panel. Mark had planned his cousins come up with the, with the structure and become the company's chairman and its largest shareholder, owning about a third of the solar city. Six years later, Solar City had become the largest installer of solar panels in the country. The company had lived up to its initial goals and made installing the panel penniless. 
rivals were rushing to mimic its business model. Solar City had benefited along the way from a collapse in the price of solar panels, which occurred after the Chinese panel manufacturer flooded the market with product. It all it had also expanded its business from consumers to businesses with companies like Intel, Walgreens, and Walmart signing up the large installation. In 2012, Solar City went public and its shares sold short higher in the months that followed. By 2014, the Solar City was valued at a cost of $7 billion. Wow. During the entire period of Solar City growth, Silicon Valley had bumped huge amount of money into the green technology companies with mostly disaster results. There were automotive plugs like Fisco and Battery Place and Solinder, the solar cell maker, the conservatives love to hold up as cautionary tale of government spending the cronyism run amok. Some of the famous venture capitalists in history like John Deere and Vinod Koshla were ripped apart by the local and national press for their failed green investments. The story was almost always the same. People had thrown money at green technology because it seems like the right thing to do, not because it made business ends from a new kinds of energy storage system of two electric cars and solar panels. The technology never quite lived up to its billing and required too much government funding and too many incentives to create a viable market. Much of this criticism was fear. It's just that there was the this Elon Musk guy, Elon Musk guy, hanging around who seems to have figured something out that everyone else had missed. We had a blanket rule against investing in tech, clean tech companies for about a decade, say Peter Thal, the PayPal co-founder and venture capitalist at Founder Funds. On the macro level, we were right because the clean tech and the sector was quite bad. But on the micro level, it looks like Elon has the two most successful clean tech companies in the U.S. We would rather explain his success as a bling up clue. There's the whole Iron Man thing in which he, pre he presented as a cartoonish businessman at businessman this very unusual name unusual animal at the zoo but this but there is now a degree to which you have asked a very success is an indigent on the rest of us who have been working on much more incremental things to the, neck, to the extent that the world still doubts Elon, I think it's a reflection on the instant insanity of the world and not on the supposed insanity of Elon. Solar City, like the rest of Moth's ventures, did not represent a business opportunity so much as it represented a worldview. Moth had decided long ago, in his very rational matter, manner, that solar made sense. Enough solar energy hits the earth surface in about an hour and equal years worth of worldwide energy. Con consumptions from all sources put together. Improvements in the efficiency of solar panels have been happening at the city chip clip. If the solar is destined 
to be mankind's preferred energy source in the future. Then it's, it's this future out to be brought about quickly as possible. Starting in 2040, Solar City began to make the full accent to its ambitious, more obvious first. The company began selling energy solar energy storage system. These units were built through a partnership with Tesla Motors. Battery packs were manufactured at Tesla factory and staked inside refrigerator size metal cases. Businesses and consumers could purchase the storage system to augment their solar panel arrays. Once they were charged up, the battery units could be used to help large customers to get through the night or during the unexpected start outages. Customer could also pull from the batteries instead of the grid during peak energy used periods. When the utilities tend to take on extra charge, while Solar City rolled the storage units out in the modest experimental fashion, the company expects most of its customers to buy the system in the year ahead to smooth out the solar experience and help people and businesses leave the electrical grid altogether. Then in June 2014, the Solar City acquired a solar sales maker called Celevio for $200 million. This idea marked a huge shift in strategy. Solar City will no longer buy its solar panels, it will make them a factory in New York State. Celevio cells were said to be 18.5% efficient are turning light into energy compared to 14.5% for most cells, and the, ex and the expectations were that the company could reach 34% efficiency with the right manufacturing technique buying rather than manufacturing solar panels and had been once of the solar city's great advantage. Yes. It could catalyze on the glute in the solar cell market and avoid the large capital expenditures and tied to building the running factories with the 110,000 customers. However, Solar City had started to consume so many solar panels that it needed to ensure the consistent supply and price. We are currently installing more solar than most of the companies are manufacturing, said Peter Rank the co-founder and the chief technology officer at SolarCity. If we do the manufacturing ourselves and take advantage of some different technology, our cost will be lower. And this business has always been about lowering the cost. After adding the lease, the storage units, and the solar cells manufacturing together, it became a clear to close observer observers of the solar city that the company had morphed into something resembling a utility. It had been built out and have a solar system all under its control and managed by the company's software. By the end of 2015, Solar City expects to have installed two gigawatts worth of solar panels, producing 8.2.8 terawatt hours of electricity per year. This will put us on a path to fulfill our goal to become one of the largest suppliers of electricity in the United States, the company's said after announcing this figures in quarterly earnings statement. The reality is that solar city now accounts for a tiny fraction of the United States annual energy consumption and has a long way to go to become a major supplier of electricity in country. There can, however, be little doubt that Musk intends for the company to be dominant force in the solar industry and in the energy industry overall. 
what's more solicity is a key part of what can be thought of as a unified field theory of maths each one of his businesses is interconnected in the short term and long term tesla makes battery packs the solar city can then sell to the end customers solar city suppliers Tesla's charging station with solar panels, helping Tesla to provide free charging to its drivers. Newly minted, more or less owners regularly opt to begin living the Max lifestyle and outfit their homes with solar panels. Tesla and SpaceX help each other as well. They change knowledge around the materials, manufacturing techniques, and the intricacies of operating factories that build so much stuff from the ground up. For most of their history, SolarCity, Teslas and SpaceX have been the clear underdogs in their respective markets and gone to war against the deep-pocketed, entrenched competitors. The solar, automotive and aerospace industries remain loaded down by regulation and bureaucracy, which favors incumbents to people in this industry, Marx came off as a wide-eyed technologist who could be easily dismissed and ridiculed and who, as a competitor, fell somewhere on the spectrum between annoying and full of shit. The incumbents did here, did their usual things using the connection in Washington to make life as miserable, to make life as uh, uh, to make life as miserable as possible uh, to, on all three of Merck's companies, and they were pretty good at it. As 2012, Merck's corporation turned into the real threat, and it became ha- harder to go at solar city Tesla or SpaceX. As individual companies, Merck's star power had surged and washed over all three ventures at the same time. When Tesla shares bomb jumped quite often, solar city did too. Similar optimistic feelings accompanying successful SpaceX launches. They proved Marx knew how to accomplish the most difficult things. The investor seems to buy in more of the, to the risks Marx took with his other enterprise, the executives and lobbyists of aerospace, energy, and automotive companies were suddenly going up against the rising star of big businesses and industrialists celebrating. Some of Mark's opponents started to, to fear being on which this wrong side of history, or at least the wrong side of his globe. Others being begun playing re- really dirty. Marx had spent years buttering up the Democrats. He visited the White House several times and has the year of President Obama. Marx, however, it's not a blind loyalist. He first and foremost backs the belief behind Marx's company and then uses any pragmatic means at his disposal to advance his cause. Marx plays the part of the ruthless industrialist with a fierce capitalist streak better than most Republicans and has the credentials to back it up and own support. The politician in states like Alabama looking to protect some factory jobs for Lockheed or in the New Jersey, trying to help out the automobile dealership lobby now have to contend with a guy who has an employment and manufacturing empire spread across the entire United States. 
as of this writing, SpaceX had a factory in Los Angeles, a rocket test facility in Central Texas, and had just started construction on a spaceport in South Texas. SpaceX was a lot of businesses had existing launch sites in California and Florida as well. Tesla had its car factory in Silicon Valley. The design centers in Los Angeles and had started construction on a battery factory in Nevada. Politician from Nevada, Texas, California, New Mexico, and Arizona threw themselves at most over the battery factory, with Nevada ultimately winning the businesses by offering the Tesla $1.5 $4 billion in incentives. This even come from not only Mark Sowing celebrating, but also his unmatched ability to raise funds. Solar City has created thousands of white and blue color clean tech jobs, and it will create manufacturing jobs at Solar Spinal Con Factory that's being built in Buffalo, New York. All together, Mark's corporation employed about 15,000 people at the end of 2014, far from Far from stopping there. The plan for the Marx Corporation calls for tens of thousands of more jobs to be created on the back of ever more ambitious products. Tesla's primary focus throughout 2015 will be the bringing the Model X to market. Marx expects the SUV to sell at least as well the Model S and wants Tesla factories to be capable of making $100,000 cars per year by the end of 2015 to keep up with the demands for both vehicles. The major launch site, the company, the Model X, is its price. The SUV will start at the same lofty prices as the Model S, which limits the potential customer base. The hope, though, it is that the Model X turns into the luxury vehicle of choice for families and solidifies the Tesla's brand's connection with women. Marx has pledged that the supercharger network service centers and the battery swap station will build out even more in 2015 to greet the arrival of the new vehicles. Beyond the Model X, Tesla had started work on the second version of the Roadster, talked about making a truck and in all seriousness, and has begun modeling a type of submarine car that could trans transition from road to water, Mark paid $1 million for the Lotus Aspirate that Roger Murray drove underwater in the spy who loved me and wants me to prove that such a vehicle can be done. Maybe we will make two or three, but it will not be more than that, Mark told the independent newspaper. I think the market for the submarine cars is quite small. At the opposite end of the sales spectrum or so, Mark's hope. It will, be, it will be Tesla's third generation car or the Model 3 due to out in 2017. This four-door car will come in around $35,000 and be the real measure of Tesla's impact on the world. The company hopes to sell hundreds of thousands of Model S and make electric car truly mainstream. For a company reason, BMW sells about 300,000 300, minis, around 50,000 500,000 of its BMW 3 Series vehicle per year. Wow. 
Tesla will look to match those figures. I think Tesla is, is going to make a lot of cars, Merck said. If we continue on the current growth rate, I think Tesla will be one of the most valuable companies in the world. Tesla already consumes a huge portion of the world's lithium-ion battery supply and will need far more batteries to produce the Model S. This is why in 2014, Merck announced plans to build what he dubbed the Gigafactory, or the world's largest lithium and battery manufacturing facility, which each Gigafactory will employ about 6,500 people and help Tesla meet a variety of goals. It should first allow Tesla to keep up with the battery demand created by its cars and the storage units sold by the Solar City. Tesla also expects to be able to, to lower the cost of its batteries while improving their energy destiny. It will build a gigafactory in conjunction with long-term battery partner Parasonic, but it will be Tesla's that it's remaining the factory and fine-tuning its operation. According to the Strabo, the battery packs coming out of the gigafactory should be dramatically cheaper and better than the ones built today, allowing Tesla not only to hit $35,000 per target for the Model S, but also to pave the way for the electric vehicle with 500 plus miles of range. If Tesla actually can deliver an affordable car with 500 miles of range, it will have built what many people in the auto industry insisted for years was impossible. To do that while also constructing a worldwide network of free charging stations, revamping the way cars are sold, and revolutionizing, revolutionizing automotive technology will be an exceptional feat in the history of capitalism. In early 2014, Tesla raised $2 billion by selling bonds. Well, Tesla's ability to raise money from Ego Investor was a newfound luxury. Tesla had bordered on bankruptcy for much of its existence and had been on one major technical gravity. From absolence at all times, the money coupled with Tesla's still rising share price and strong sales has put the company in a position to open lots of new stores and services centers while advancing its manufacturing capabilities. We don't necessarily need all of the money for the Gigafactory right now, but it, I decide to raise it in advance because we, you never know when there will be some bloody meltdown. Mugs say. There could be an external factor, or there could be some unexpected recall, and then suddenly we need to raise money on top of dealing with that. I feel a bit like my grandmother. She lived through a great depression and some real hard times. Once you have been through that, it stays with you for a long time. I'm not sure it ever lives really, so I do feel joy now, but there's a still the nagging feeling that it might all go away. Even later in life, when my grandmother knew there was really no possibility of her going hungry, she always had these things about food. With Tesla, I decided to raise huge amount of money just in case something terribly happens. Mux fell optimistic enough about Tesla future to talk to me about some of his more, more, more whimsical plans. He hopes to, re, to redesign 
does the headquarters in Polo Alto and change employees who will, will come. The building with its tiny 1980s era lobby and a kitchen that can barely handle a few people making a cereal. At the same time, has none of the rocks of a typical Silicon Valley dwelling. I think our Tesla headquarters look like a crack, Mark said. We were going to spruce things up, not to sort of the Google slaver. You have to be like making money hand over fist in order to be able to spend money the way the Google does. But we were going to make our headquarters much nicer and put it in a restaurant. Naturally, Mux had ideas for some mechanical enhancement as well. Everybody around here has slides in the lobbies, he said. I am actually wondering about putting in a roller coaster, like a functional roller coaster at the factory in Vermont. You did get it, and it will take you around the factory, but also up and down. Who else has a roller coaster? I am thinking about doing that with SpaceX too. The one might be even bigger since SpaceX has like time building now. It will probably be really expensive, but I like the idea of it. What's fascinating is that Mux remains willing to lose it all. He doesn't want to build it just one gear factory, but several, and he needs these facilities to build quickly and flawlessly so that they and flawlessly and so that they are cranking out massive quantities of batteries right as the model uh, model T arrives if needed be Mux will build a second giga factory to compete with the Nevada site and place his own employee in competition with each other in a race to make the batteries first we are we are not really trying to sort of tank young anyone's Change here, Mark say. It just like the things needs to be completed one on time. If we, if we suddenly find that we were leaving, leave, leveling the ground and laying the foundation, we were we were on a bloody Indian burial ground. Then fuck, we can't say oh shit. Let's go back on the other place that we were thinking about and get a six month reset. Six months for this factory are huge deal. Do the basic math, and it's more than the billion dollars a month in lot in a lot's revenue. Point to be noted. If you assume an average selling price of forty thousand dollar per car for three hundred thousand dollar cars sold in a year, that's twelve billion dollar in annual revenue, or one billion dollar per month. Assuming, coming back, we assuming we used to, you we we use it to capacity. From a different standpoint, if we find spend all the money to prepare the car factory in Vermont to triple the cup volume from one fifty thousand hundred per year to four hundred and fifty thousand 
of 500,000 cars and hire and train all the people and we were just sitting there waiting for the factory to come online. We did be burning money like it was going out of the fashion. I think that could kill the company. A six-month upset will be like the Gallipoli. You have to make sure you charge right after the bombardment. Don't fucking sit around for two hours so that the trucks can go back in the trenches. Timing is important. We have to do everything we can to minimize the time risk. What most struggles to the phantom is why other automakers with a deeper pocket aren't making similar moves. At a minimum, Tesla seems to have influenced consumers and the auto industry enough for there to be an expected surge in demand of electric vehicles. I think we have moved the needle, the needle for the almost every car company. Modric, just the 22,000 cars we sold in 2013 and had a slightly leverage effect in pushing the industry toward the sustainable technology. It's true that supply for lithium-ion batteries is already constrained and Tesla looks like the only company addressing the problem in a meaningful way. Point to be noted, if you assume an average selling price $40,000 per car or for $300,000 car sold in a year, that's $12 billion in annual revenue or $1 billion per month. Coming back, the competitors are all sort of fulfilling the Giga factory, Merck said. They think it's a stupid idea that the battery supplier should just go build something like that. But I know of the suppliers and I can tell you that they don't like the idea of spending several billion dollars on a battery factory. You ever got a chicken and egg problem where the car companies are not going to commit to a joint volume because they are not sure you can sell enough electric cars. So I know we can't get enough lithium-ion batteries unless we build this bloody factory. And I know no one else is building these things. There is a potential that Tesla is setting itself up to the capitalized and situation like the one Apple found itself in when they first, it first introduced the iPhone. Apple's rivals spent the initial year after the iPhone released dismissing the product. Once it became a clear, Apple had a hit and competitors had to catch up. Even with the device right in their hands, it took companies like SECs and Samsung years to produce nothing comparable. Other ones, great companies like Nokia and Blackberry did not withstand and shock. If, and it's a big if, Tesla Model 3 turned into the massive hit. They think that everyone with enough money wanted because buying something else would just be paying for the path and the rival automakers will be in a terrible bind. Most of the cars companies dabbling in the electric vehicles continue to buy bulky of the shelf batteries rather than all developing their own technology. No matter how much they wanted to respond to the Model 3, the automakers will need years to come up with a real challenger, and even then, they might not have ready supply batteries for their vehicles.
I think it is going to be the beat like that, Mark said. Well, will the first non-Tesla gigafactory get built? Probably no sooner than six years from now. The big car companies were so derivative. They wanted to see it work somewhere else before they will prove the project and move forward. They are probably more like seven years away, but I hope I'm wrong. Mark speaks about car, solar panels and batteries with such passion that it's easy to forget that they are more or less satellite projects, satellite projects. If he believes in the technologies to the extent that he thinks they are right things to pursue for the betterment of the mankind. They were also brought up him fame, him fame and fortune. Mark's ultimate goal through remains turning dreams into an uh, interplanetary species. The, the, this may sound silly to some, but there can be no doubt that this is Mark's reason that tree. Mark's head has decided that man's survival depends on setting up another colony on another planet and that he should dedicate his life on to making this happen. Mark's is now quite rich on paper. Mox is now quite rich on people. He was worth about $10 billion at the time of this writing. When he started SpaceX more than a decade ago, however, he had far less capital at his disposal. He did not have the fuck you money of the of a past Jeff, Jeff, Jeff Bezos, who handed his space company Blue Origin to killing the pile of cash and asked it to make Jeff Bezos' dream to come true. If Mox wanted to get a Mars, he would have to own it by building SpaceX into real businesses. This all seems to have worked in Mark's favor. SpaceX has learned to make cheap and effective rockets and to push the limits of the aerospace technology. In the near term, SpaceX will be testing its ability to take people into space. It, it, it wants to perform and make test flight by 2016 and to fly astronauts and international space stations for NASA the next year. The company will also likely to make a major move into building and selling satellites which will mark an expansion into one of the most lucrative parts of the aerospace businesses. Along with these efforts, SpaceX has been testing the Falcon Heavy, a giant rocket capable of flying the biggest payloads in the world, and its reusable rocket technology in early 2015, SpaceX almost managed to land the first stage of its rocket on a platform in the ocean. Once it succeeds, it will be performing tests on land. In 2014, SpaceX also began constructing construction on its own spaceport in South, in South Texas. It has acquired dozens of acres where it plans to construct a more taking rocket launch facility unlike anything the uh, world has seen. Monks wants to automate a great deal of the launch process so that the rockets can be refueled, stood up, and fired their own computers handling the safety producers. SpaceX wants to fly rockets several times a month for its businesses and having its own spaceport should have speed up such capabilities. Getting to Mars will require an even more impressive set of skill and technology. We need to figure out how to launch multiple times a day, Monk said. 
the things that that's important is long term to establishing uh, establishing a self-sustaining base of mass in order in uh, in order for that to work. in order to have a self-sustaining city on mass mm, there will need to be millions of tons of equipment and probably millions of people so so how many launches is that well if you span up 100 people at a time if you signed up 100 people at a time which is a lot to go and such long journey you did need to do 10000 flights to get out to a million people wow so 10000 flights over what period of time given that you can only really depart from us once every 2 years that means you will need like 40 or 50 years and that i think for each flight that departs to mars you want to sort of launch the spacecraft into orbit and then have it be in a parking or parking orbit and refuel its tank with the propellant essentially the spacecraft will use a bunch of its propellant to get on our, our orbit but then you spent up a tank to spacecraft to fill up the propellant tanks of the spacecraft so that it can depart from mars at a high speed and can do so and get there in 3 months instead of 6 months and with a large payload i don't have a detailed plan for mars but i know something at least that will work which is sort of this all mapping system with a wing booster a big booster a spacecraft and tanker potentially i think spacex will have to develop a booster the spaceships in the 2025 2025 time frame capable of taking large quantities of people and cargo to mars the things that's important is to reach an economic threshold around the cost per pensions per person or sorry the things that that's important is to reach an economic threshold around the cost per person for a trip to mars if it costs 1 billion dollar per person there will be no mars colony at around 1 billion dollar or 500,000 dollar per person i think it's high likely that there will be a self sustaining martinian colony there will be enough people interested who will sell their stock on earth and move it's not about tourism it's like people coming to the america back in the new world days you know you move and get a job there and you make things work if you will solve the transport problem it's not the how to make the pressurized transferring greenhouse to live in but if you can't get there in a first flight so in first place it does not matter eventually you did need to heat mass up if you want it to be an earth like planet and i don't have any plan for that they will take a long time in the past of certain tasks it will probably take i don't know some somewhere between a century and a millennium that's a zero chance of being transformed and i was like in my lifetime not zero but 0.01% chance and you know 
would have to take real drastic measures with Mars. Point of noted. For the space book, here Marx talking more about physics and chemistry of a spaceship. The final piece of puzzle for figuring out the Mars architecture in as a methane engine, you need to be able to generate the power plant on the surface. Most of fuel used in a rocket used in form of kerosene and creating a kerosene is quite complex. It's a series of long-chain hydrocarbons and it's much easier to create either methane or hydrogen. The problem with hydrogen is its deep cryogen. It's not only a liquid to right close to the absolute zero and because it's a small molecule, you have these issues where hydrogen will sip its way through a matter matrix and inbrittle or destroy. Metal is weird base. Hydrogen destiny is also very porous. So the tanks are enormous and it's expensive to create and store hydrogen. It's not a good choice as fuel. Methane, on the other hand, is much easier to handle. It's liquid and around the same temperature as liquid oxygen, so you can do a rocket stage with a common blood cat and not worry about freezing one or the other solid. Methane is also the lowest cost fossil fuel on Earth, and there is, there, is, there is a need to be lost of energy to, to go to Mars. And then on Mars, because the atmosphere is carbon or dioxide, and there is a lot of water or ice in the soil, the carbon dioxide gets CO2, the water gives you H2O with, with what you create, CH4 and CO2, which it gives you combustion. So it's all sort of nicely worked out. And then you, then one of the key question is, can you get the surface of Mars and back to Earth on a single stage? The answer is yes. If you reduce the return payload to approximately one quarter of the outbound payload, which I, out, which I thought made sense because you, Get because you are going to want to transport a lot of more to Mars than you did want to transfer from Mars to Earth. For the spacecraft, the heat shield, the life support system, and the legs will have to be very, very light. Coming back once again, Mark spent months pacing around his home in Los Angeles late at night thinking about the plans for Mars and bouncing them off really woman he remarried near the end of 2012, point to be noted. Mars and Riley were divorced or less than year. I refused to speak with him for as long as it took for the divorce to be finalized, really said. Then and then. Once it was finalized, we immediately got back together. As for what caused the breakup, breakup, the breakup, really said, I just was, I just was not happy. I thought maybe I had made the wrong decision for my life, and 
about what brought her back to Mark's religion. One reason was the lack of viable alternatives. I look around and there's no one else else ni nice to be with. Number two is that Elon does not have to listen to anyone in life. No one. He does not have to listen to anything that does not fit into his own view. But he proved he will take shit from me. He said, let me listen to her and figure this thing out. He proved that he valued my opinion on things in life and was willing to listen. I thought it was quite a telling thing for the man that he made the effort. And then I loved him and missed him. Coming back, I mean, there aren't that many people you can talk to about his this sort of things, Mark said. These chats, these chats include Mark's daydreaming a lot about becoming the first man to set foot on the red planet. Hey guys, thank you for being with me. See you in episode 11, part 2. Thank you, thank you so much, guys. How the billions see your space and Tesla is saving our future. Bradley Vince. Thank you so much, fellas.